So this will be the first in a series of blog posts reflecting on our experience with Beyond Diversity. And that's a two-day workshop based on Glenn Singleton's Courageous Conversations About Race. In January, over 50 D127 teachers, counselors, social workers, coaches, and administrators attended the workshop that is, quote, designed to help leaders, educators, students, parents, administrators, and community participants understand the impact of race on student learning and investigate the role that racism plays in institutionalizing academic achievement disparities, end quote. And that comes from the website of Beyond Diversity explaining their program. The selection of our group was intentional. It was all of our district and building administration, as well as our department chair administrators from both Grays Lake North and Grays Lake Central. As leaders who interact with a wide spectrum of our community, we have to be the start of the change we want to see. Furthermore, staff members from our district equity, diversity, and inclusion team and our coaching staff participated and provided really critical perspectives. I'm, I'm really glad they were able to attend. In this post, I'd like to first address the why we're interested in courageous conversations and beyond diversity. Then in further posts, I want to discuss the folks of the training itself and finally reflect on the impact I believe it's had on other members of our district. Most importantly, I want to address why it's so important for us to continue working and learning on this. A two-day training isn't the end of this, right? More than ever, I see this being a long process to change our system and make sure that we're not just focusing on equality, or every student getting access to the same resources, but being equitable as well. And that's making sure every student has what they need to succeed, and that is individual to each student. This year, one of my mantras has been Simon Sinek's Start With The Why, and that is people don't really care what you do or how you do it unless they know why you're doing it. What's your why? So why do we do it? Why focus on race? Why in this way? I mean, honestly, it's a lot easier not to talk about it, for me anyway, I'm a white male in a leadership position. Let's be honest, I can avoid these discussions probably indefinitely. But that's not healthy. It's not healthy for me personally, but it's also not healthy for our schools. Just because I can sidestep these topics, that doesn't mean I'm serving our students, their families, and our staff well. It's an issue we need to have the tools to address because these issues aren't going to go away by ignoring them. I'd like to reflect on the message I sent in my opening statement to our staff in 2019. And this was in August, um, and it went something like this. Our students of color may be looking at a wall we don't see, but just because something isn't right there on the surface, that doesn't mean it's not something we need to continue to discuss and address. This is work that takes a long time and a commitment at all levels of the district. We need to be honest and confront these issues as we come across them. I went on to say, we need to try to equip ourselves and help our students work through these issues. We also need to have constructive conversations around equity and diversity of all kinds. This is not to say that we should ignore gender issues or issues of sexual orientation around sexual identity or religion or wealth or ability level. Those are all extremely important conversations to have, but today I'm focusing on our students of color because I think race is the stickiest of all of these issues. I think it's the one we have the hardest time talking about and getting our heads around. So I went on from there a little bit. But when we better understand the lived experiences of our students in one way, in this case, we're focusing on race, it makes us more open to understanding the experiences of all of our students. There might be more going on under the surface than we realize from our limited perspective. And once you crack that, 
once you can get over that hurdle intellectually, you're more open to notice all forms of inequity and injustice. So in terms of our educational mission, students of color do not, on average, achieve at the same levels as our white students. This is true nationally and locally. It's not a secret. To paraphrase the words of Rick DeFore when he was talking about professional learning communities, it's our obligation to understand deeply, number one, what we want our students to learn, number two, whether or not they've learned it, and number three, most importantly to this discussion, we have to determine what to do if they haven't learned it. If groups of our students are struggling, it is our professional and moral responsibility to understand why, to learn more ourselves and learn more about ourselves and to actively work to change our system to address it. And again, we are the system. The system is not an anonymous set of policies and procedures. The system is human beings making decisions in real time. And as human beings, we have to constantly ask ourselves, are, are our students seen? Are their experiences understood and valued? Do they feel safe? Are all students learning, achieving, and prepared to launch their futures as our mission statement demands? We have to be able to talk to each other and stop pretending that implicit biases don't affect our decisions. This is true for all of us, every single one of us. And once again, it, this isn't something we can simply take care of with a handout or an assembly or with a perfect YouTube clip. It's about humility self-reflection, and being intentional about listening to voices that might otherwise be dismissed. It's about examining our own role in interrupting racism, whether it's overt and intended racism, or more subtly, and in my opinion more prevalently, the result of a lack of knowledge and an opportunity for self-reflection. So back to the tools we need to move forward. It's more than a vocabulary, vocabulary list or a list of words we should avoid. For example, if we have conversations that don't go as planned, if emotions become too heated, if we leave the conversation upset or experience non-closure, how do we proceed? Can two people in that situation ever return to that discussion? Does that shut off the relationship entirely? Does it mean we can no longer understand each other or learn from one another? Does it, mean we retreat to, does it mean we retreat to our corners and never try to come together? Can we never make a mistake? Well, we would never, ever tell our students that. We are better than that. We have to be. We have too many good people in our district to believe any differently. We can tackle this. It's going to take time. So if I've made mistakes in what I've said here, if my statements in any way have hit a wrong note, or rely on assumptions that I've made because of my white male perspective, I apologize, and I am happy to be challenged and corrected. That's part of the process of learning and personal growth. I believe we have to get to a place where we feel safe to express ourselves or, quote, speak your truth, as is one of the principles of Courageous Conversations. So my next post, what are some of those principles? I'm going to discuss the general focus of the Beyond Diversity training and how I believe it's one of our initial steps in the work that we have to do. Okay, um, so we are here with uh, a few friends. 
talking about Beyond Diversity. Uh, my name is Michael Storsley. I'm the superintendent at Grays Lake 127. And um, in January, we brought in Beyond Diversity, and we had a, a two-day training with all of our district administrators, building administrators, um, members of our equity team, some coaches, teachers that you know were, were interested um, and wanted to be a part of that work. And uh, the last podcast I did, I talked a little bit about my experience and my perceptions of it, but I think it's more powerful and more interesting, frankly, to, to hear from people who were in the room that weren't me. Um, and then probably next week or shortly, we'll be I'll be talking to some students, too, just about their experiences overall. So, uh, oh, and incidentally, we are eating lunch at the same time because, you know, we have to... There's only so many hours in the day, and especially with teachers and our, our counselors, they're a little busy, so we're, we're doubling up. There you go. So when you hear the crunch, that's why we're eating. So is what it is. So if I could ask our uh, my guests here to introduce themselves and what do they do, where do they, well, these are all Grays Lake North, or excuse me, Grays Lake Central uh, staff members, but you start with you, Ellie. Sure. Uh, my name is Ellie Ryan. I am a teacher specifically of English. I have freshmen and seniors this year. Did it work? I'm just worried that when it goes to sleep and then it wakes up, it turns off. Okay, sorry. Can I ask you guys to do that again? Sorry. <clears throat> Something weird happened. Okay. Hi, I'm Michael Storsley. I'm the superintendent at Grays Lake 127. And um, the last time I did a podcast recording, I talked a little bit about my experience with Beyond Diversity. And um, we had a two-day training in January where we brought in Beyond Diversity to, to work with our district administrators, our building administrators, our uh, members of our equity team, some coaches, other teachers that you know were just very interested in the work and wanted to participate. So um, I have a few of those folks here from Grays Lake Central, so if I could ask them to introduce themselves and just let us know who they are and what they do, and we'll go from there. My name is Ellie Ryan. I'm an English teacher here at Grays Lake Central. This is my second year in the building, my seventh year teaching. This year I have freshmen and seniors. My name is Genesis Casillas. I am a school counselor here, and this is my sixth year in this building. My name is Joey Phillip. I'm in my first year of teaching biology primarily at Grays Lake Central to freshmen. I'm my eighth year teaching overall. Great, thanks. So talking about Beyond Diversity, um, as I mentioned, it's a two-day training. Um, did you guys have any experience with Beyond Diversity prior to last year, or this January, this session that we're referring to? I had never attended a training before, but I'd heard a lot about it. Um, my previous place of work. So I was at the training over the summer, so um, Beyond Diversity came out to Lake County and I was invited to participate in July. I, I had never gone through Beyond Diversity before. Um, I had done some trainings at my previous school with uh, colleagues where we went through some of the central tenets from Beyond Diversity, uh, but this was my first experience with um, uh, PEG mm -hmm. running it, so uh, yeah. And so, why why were you all interested? Why is it? I was interested because I am the just, um, I'm the club sponsor for Sage, which stands for Sexuality and Gender Equality. 
Um, and so I thought that there would probably be some um, overlapping interests in the training. Um, and I think there's a lot of ways that we can expand what we learn in the training to other um, communities. Yeah, I think that was kind of one of the, I, I've gotten asked why, you know, why specifically focus on race? And my answer has been like, that's kind of the stickiest issue, but I think research will probably show that like focusing on that, it, it does exactly what you, I think are yeah. suggesting it does like exactly. it, it opens our eyes to just all different kinds of equity and uh, issues that we need to be aware of so right um, for me um, I'm a Latina and this is something that affects me personally um, and working with students um, students of color in our building um, I myself I'm the club sponsor for our Sociedad de Latinos in our building and um, one other counselor uh, and I are working with a women's empowerment group, which is a African-American um, women's group in our building as well. And that's something that um, has just been a kind of a personal and professional um, thing that I've been, I've been interested in learning more about and working with our staff as well. Um, you know, for me, uh, as a white male, I started my you know, kind of journey in racial consciousness, you know, where I really started to get into the work uh, probably like three years ago, four years ago now. Uh, and, you know, I'm always looking for tools to kind of expand my own consciousness, but also be able to have conversations um, with, you know, being open about this, you know, with my white colleagues uh, mm -hmm. about how we can improve the experience for our students of color because, you know, when you look at the data, you know, whether in our district, within our state, within our country, um, you know, it's it's a stark reality that uh, students of color have different outcomes, and um, you know, I think it's on us to look at ourselves and figure out why. So. Yeah, I mean, it's as you say, it's not a secret. <clears throat> you know, any school report card you look at um, nationally, anywhere, you know, the the outcomes for students of color are not the same not nearly the same for, for white students. So, you know, for me, that's, I mean, just looking at our district and making, as you say, the experience better for our students, ultimately that, that should translate to academic achievement as well, that, you know, performance is no longer predictable, right? We shouldn't be able to figure, ah, on average, that group is going to score lower than this group. That shouldn't be the case. So that's what we need to, to work on. Um, so after having been through the training, and I... Genesis and I were at the same training over the summer, so it was twice for me as well. Um, so how would you, anyone jump in, however you want to describe it? Like, what, what kind of your thoughts about the training after having a couple of weeks to process a little bit? You know, I, I think that the Beyond Diversity <laughs> training is really, it's meant to be like the first step in a journey. You know, it's not the end-all, be-all. Um, you know, our presenter, Tony uh, Hudson, made it clear that you know, he wasn't going to give us a list of uh, tools that were like, now you've fixed the problem yeah, and right. you know, your systems aren't racist anymore or whatever the case might be. We've got the right vocabulary words that we're right. allowed to say or not allowed to say, right? Right, yes. you know, and I think, you know, as, as white people, you know, Genesis, you know, here, but the, the rest of us as white people, I think a lot of times that's what we look for because mm. uh, it's it's an uncomfortable issue for us to talk about and we want the easy fix but you know Tony brings up this idea that uh, you know it's about it's a belief problem right mm -hmm. and I think beyond diversity is about giving 
everyone who's there the first steps and the tools to start having conversations to get to the root of that belief problem and, mm -hmm. and start to make change. So, uh, you know, for me, I think that was kind of one of my big takeaways. So, and even having these conversations, any he, he Tony gave us these protocols and the language to use in conversations that um, I, I know that you and I have had these discussions, Joey, that it, it gives you a framework. It's not necessarily the answers. And these will con the conversations will continue to happen. It's not, um, okay, you've had one conversation or two conversations, or you have a, a series of conversations that will then end in this, okay, perfect utopian, like, okay, no longer racist systems or no longer racist conversations or, you know, everything's going to be perfect at the end. Um, but it gives you a framework to continue the work, um, which he was talking about. Um, so I think, you know, that was my takeaway. Hmm. Was these conversations about race will continue to happen. And it's going to happen with colleagues. It's going to happen with um, students. It will happen with your own family. It will happen with neighbors. It will happen with strangers. But the framework um, will still be there. Hmm. That was my takeaway. Yeah. Um, just to reflect more of what you guys said, I think it was helpful for a lot of people to be given language to talk about this. Um, I think that was. Um, stymieing people for a long time or just people weren't thinking about it um, and so that to know that it's something that we can also empowering to hear Michael talking about it especially as an English teacher we have a lot of books um, and we're trying to integrate more books that reflect sorry I went to line. Oh, sorry keep going um, as an English teacher the English department is trying to integrate more books that reflect more of our community um, and that means having some uncomfortable conversations about race um, and it can be uncomfortable for me as a white teacher talking off into a room that's diverse from a lot of different backgrounds um, to have that conversation and to make mistakes and um, to learn from those mistakes so I think it helped me feel more empowered to do those things mm. and to know that I have the support support of the administration in our in our district too. And can I jump in for a second and one of the things I you, know, you just said that kind of made a light go off for me is yeah, I think that's one of the big takeaways of Beyond Diversity is that it's not just like that we can have these conversations, but we should have these mm -hmm. conversations. And you know, if we want to change, you know, the outcomes that we see and fight, you know, systemic racism, um, it starts with those conversations. And you know, that's like step one. I think that was a really big point that mm -hmm. Tony made, even if he didn't say it explicitly. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just to kind of get to your point, Ellie, about the you know, the different um, curricular choices or reading choices, you know. Tracy Landry is our director of technology, uh, teaching, learning, and innovation. Um, she said this, and she picked it up from someone else, so, but I don't, I'll attribute it to her, but it came from somebody else, that, um, you know, our students should have um, a mirror and a window. You know, so they should be looking out at different people different than them and also be able to see themselves. And that goes for white students, students of color, um, but yeah, you know, I'm a former math teacher, so I, those kinds of like, ooh, how do I deal with this if this comes up in a story? Like, that doesn't naturally occur to me, but that's, yeah, that's got to be uncomfortable if you're not, you know, don't really know how I'm going to navigate this mm -hmm. and how's it going to go. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, what I, I guess my takeaway from the trainings was, and again, as a, a white guy, <clears throat> it was kind of like get over your whiteness a little bit, like get over yourselves. That's what I t personally took away. Others, you know, 
took away different things. But yes, it is something that we need to talk about and need to acknowledge and not just kind of like, come on, you know, well, there's no big, it's not a problem. You know, we treat everybody equally, which oh, that's not a bad thing. But um, being a little more conscious of there are different stories in the room, you know, not just our own. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I found it to be pre a pretty intense two days. I think it was intended to do that. Um, I guess one of my other takeaways was after having opportunities to talk with some folks in the room, and it's not universal necessarily, but a number of people said, like, I thought walking into the room, I thought I got it. You know, like I just completely changed their mindset. And I've had a number of people say, like, I just don't see things the same anymore, which is good. Mm -hmm. um, I see, you know, I, I'm looking at interactions with my students and parents and colleagues completely differently than before, which I, I'll speak for myself, I've never heard that coming out of a training like that. Mm -hmm. You know, where we, we can talk about implicit bias, great, that it's important to talk about. I've never heard kind of that depth of people going, oh. Well, and I yeah. think that what, you know, beyond diversity and what Tony did so well is that, it, like, it, you know, we're going in thinking about it in our professional lives going, you know, what's the problem in my classroom? What's the problem with my curriculum, right? But what beyond diversity does a great job of doing is getting back to that idea of, you know, you have a belief problem, and that belief problem isn't professional. It is personal, mm -hmm. and you know, I think the reason why it produces those results that you're speaking about is because it really forces you to look at your own life, mm -hmm. and you start to examine not just you know those 15 minutes I'm in the room with students, but you know what happens when I'm driving down the road, and you know as a white male I don't get pulled over, but the you know mm -hmm. uh, black gentleman driving behind me does. You know what does that mean? What can I do about that? And that moment of personal self-reflection, I think, is what makes it such a transformational experience for people. Where, you know, if you're really present and you're really open-minded, and you know, you go in open to change, um, I think that the training and then the conversations that follow that training can really lead to some of those things. And uh, you know, it, that's what we need as a building. That's what we need as a society, honestly, to to move the compass on this. Well, that's a good segue into. <clears throat> just wanted to talk a, l a I little need to bit be about a radio, guys. Nice, <laughs> well done. Just like teed me up right for that. Um, just wanted to talk a little bit about you know, and again, this is not an in-depth discussion of you know. We're not going to substitute the two-day Beyond Diversity training with this discussion, but um, you know, we've been talking a little bit about some of the tools. Um, so the compass, um, this being in an audio format. Um, Obviously, if you're listening, you can't see it, but the compass is basically, it looks like a compass, and there are four quadrants, um, believing, thinking, feeling, acting in each of the, the quadrants. Um, then four agreements, stay engaged and experience discomfort, speak your truth, expect and accept non-closure, and the six conditions, focusing on the personal, local, and immediate. Number two, isolate race. Number three, normalize social construction and multiple perspectives. Monitor agreements. Number five, monitor your, your agreements, your conditions, establish parameters for these kinds of discussions. Number five, use a working definition for race. And then number six, examine the presence and role of whiteness. Um, so, simple, right? Pretty easy, <laughs> right? So this is not something, again, like here, I can give you that 
image or like you know a bullet list of all of those things and got it fixed it right? mm -hmm. it's more um, I, th I think my perspective is tools and how to start entering these conversations what, what did you guys think about the compass because we kind of kept coming back to that during the the training right what were your thoughts about that I think it's a, a good visual for people to look at and try to get to where they are landing at that moment in a conversation. I think it's harder for people to visualize, or for myself, I'll speak for myself, to visualize moving to the center of the compass. Um, I spent a lot of time in my feelings mm -hmm. <laughs> in all of this, to be perfectly honest. Um, hearing statements or thinking of, of my own personal um, experiences, I spent a lot of time in my feelings. but. Um, but moving to that center and understanding what the the purpose of having that compass was. And um, I think that was a, a good visual, at least from my perspective. Um, he, linguistically, it was interesting. He kept having to reorient people, mm -hmm. I feel like. He was mm -hmm. like, no, you're feeling that. What are you thinking? Yeah. yeah. Um, and that, like, even the way that we speak, like, I feel like we, we tend to preface our statements with that. Um, and sometimes that's an accurate thing to say and sometimes that's actually not your feeling that's what you're thinking or that's what you're believing so it was it was really nice to think deeply about that yeah some of that like meta-analysis of your own like where okay where are we at <clears throat> during the training our facilitator tony would if it got tough or it got to a point i think he could kind of read he's done this a little bit so he can probably read the room like all right like something we just need a little like every step back where are you feeling where where are you at um, and just that opportunity to kind of step back and take yourself out of that moment, I think was was useful. I don't know. What do you think, Joey? Yeah, it, it, to me, it's really just a great tool for self-reflection and kind of diving deeper into mm -hmm. yourself. Uh, like Genesis, I find myself landing in feeling mm -hmm. a lot, and that feeling is normally you know anger, rage, uh, those types of things. But uh, by going around the compass, right, I can start to get to you know more depth about where I'm at, right. Um, you know, about why you know that interaction with that colleague or that student or that parent made me feel that way, mm -hmm. and uh, you know it sounds like you know the therapy session, but really what it does is it gives you those tools to fully analyze the situation, um, and then in conversations with colleagues, mm -hmm. you know when we're talking about race, it gives you kind of a starting point to to guide people within the conversation and go. You know what I hear you saying is that you know you feel upset about this, but why? You know what's the belief that's driving this, or mm -hmm. how did you act, or you know, just to get a better picture of what's going on, and you know, to your guys' point, move beyond just what do I feel. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's very reflective. Mm -hmm. All of that was like beginning counseling, <laughs> just coming from the counseling background. Yeah. Beginning counseling steps. So you took counseling one hundred and one right there. Oh, sweet. Nice. Yeah, and just you know, I think it's an acknowledgement that conversations like this aren't aren't easy, aren't simple. There's a lot going on, you know. And again, for me too, like when I've had conversations like this that start to get uncomfortable, it's that yeah, that emotional piece. And I actually did after going through the first training was having a conversation um, with somebody who was a good conversation, but it started to get I wouldn't say uncomfortable, but sharp, sharp. Put it that way, and I could feel like, what you're accusing me of this, that, or the other. I, I, internally, like I could feel that coming, and then I internally, like step back, like wait a minute, 
Oh, yeah, okay. Where are you at emotionally? Like, bring it down, bring it down, just relax. Um, yeah, I, I was just, without that tool, I don't know where that conversation would have gone for me, you know? If I just would have, that's it, we're done. And I think that's kind of the beauty of the system is, you know, they're all tied together. Like, you know, for, especially, you know, as a white person, right, it's really easy to you know, get upset and go, well, they just accused me of being racist, mm. and then to walk away from the conversation, mm. right? So, you know, the way that the compass ends up tying into the uh, four agreements there, where you have that first one of stay engaged, mm. right? They ask you right up front, they say you're going to experience discomfort, yeah. which right. we all know, right. but then if you're using the compass properly, it's a way to keep you engaged in the conversation as opposed to you know, storming off, yeah, you know, back right. home. To be, they called me a racist, you know. Yeah. It keeps you engaged within that conversation, which is powerful. Yeah. So I guess let's talk about the four agreements, I guess. Um, yeah, the stay engaged piece, yeah, you're like, you're <laughs> perfect segues right into it. But yeah, I, I, I agree. Just, it's right there in words, stay engaged. Experience discomfort, like, I guess what that says to me is when you're involved in these conversations and it is uncomfortable, like, that's expected. Uh, obviously expect experience discomfort and if it gets that way it's not like you're doing it wrong you know and that's okay so I, I don't know if you have any thoughts about that I, I think this was my favorite part of yeah. the training this mo most resonated with me um, especially the second one experience discomfort mm. um, I think again as an English teacher uh, this is something I find myself kind of repeating to them in in other ways maybe like be be comfortable in your discomfort like it's just we have to have this conversation and it's not gonna feel comfortable for everybody um, and you just have to experience it. Yeah. And I think hearing other people's stories, sometimes um, what I saw from the group was a lot of self-reflection too, mm -hmm. thinking, oh, did I do that? Mm -hmm. Have I done this? Have I said that? Um, and there was, a, across the faces in the room was the discomfort of realizing, oh man, maybe I've mm -hmm. done that. Yeah. Um, so I think just, again, being comfortable in that discomfort, like, oh, okay, I know that this is going to be uncomfortable for everybody, not just me. Um, there was some solidarity there in mm -hmm. the room at, at certain points, um, which I thought that part of the training was interesting. And I know just as we have continued going through these types of trainings, um, I myself am finding more comfort in being uncomfortable in front of people, um, telling my truth, which is like the the parts of, of um, these conversations as well, and that that says a lot when you can start peeling back some of those layers of, okay, I know I'm going to be uncomfortable saying this, but I have to say it. Mm -hmm. that your truth can change too like mm -hmm. your truth on the first day of training was probably different from your truth at the end yes um and that was really important like it just because it's true one day doesn't mean it's going to be true mm -hmm. the next but you have to state it as where you're at right yeah. and i really like the idea to the speak your truth because i think you know as teachers as professionals you know we get in this place where we're like well what's the right answer what's the thing i'm supposed to say and mm -hmm. you know what that agreement's really saying is you're supposed to say what you think, what you believe, what mm -hmm. you feel, right? So it's like, say your truth, and your truth, you know, might be kind of racist, right? Mm -hmm. But like, the only way that we're going to uh, delve into this and get change, you mm -hmm. know, and for our students is 
to say that, right? So, you know, if you know someone is having those thoughts and you're like, uh, I think that might be kind of racist, you know, say it, right? The, the one of the focuses of BD was, you know, it was an area of you know non-judgment, right? And you know, people speaking their truth and kind of diving into you know, why those things happen. Mm-hmm. And I think. I think that's hard to do, but uh, so important to do rather than saying the thing that you think people around you want to hear. Right. Yeah, I think along with like all of this, for me was like a big dose of humility too. Mm-hmm. And again, speaking personally, like, and that's kind of freeing, I guess. You know, where you can say I'm going to speak my truth, and I'm okay with saying I don't know if that's right, and I'm willing to interrogate that and willing to examine that. You know, um, so please, you know, somebody correct me if I'm I'm off base here. Um, but this is where I'm at right now. But you got to be able to to deal with that, you know. And especially as educators, right? We're trained we must have all answers at all times, and we must know everything and be all things to all people, right? Which is ridiculous, right? We're just all trying to figure this all out. So. And there's an answer key. Right, <laughs> right. right, yeah, exactly. It's back of the book. Here's mm-hmm. the answer. Right. It's always see, guys. It's always. It's all just go see. Yep. Yep. Um, can I tell a story? Sure, yeah. yeah. Um, so I was teaching a unit, not here, but at a different school um, that was focused on race. And at one point, like a student got really exasperated. And he was like, I don't know if it's okay for me to say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. So he was speaking mm-hmm. his truth. He's like, I just don't care about race. I just don't care. And like, I felt myself get really <laughs> frustrated because we've been in this unit for like a month. And I was doing everything I could to like make them care. Um, but I felt like that was... A really good way for me to connect to this was like okay so that's privilege that's mm-hmm. entitlement that's mm-hmm. like all these things that I'm trying to get across and obviously I haven't succeeded here but it was I couldn't tell him that he was wrong for feeling that way mm-hmm. um, and so I had to do the fourth step which was accept and expect and accept <laughs> right. and I was like right. okay well um, and that was a place for me to move on from um, but it was really hard to listen yeah. to it and yeah. not attack him. Right, and just keep like that caring teacher face going. Like, yeah. What? Oh my yeah. gosh, yeah. Yeah, that's that would have to be hard for sure. Not easy. Mm. Well, uh, we are closing in on the end of our time because teachers and counselors, you know, are busy folks and they got to get going and yeah. So, I guess what I would like to close with, like where where do you want to see this go? in our district. You know, we're just kind of just starting. Now, work has been done, but as far as beyond diversity goes, looking at moving that forward, but kind of how do you want to see this all play out? I'd love for more people to have access to the training. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that that's difficult to do, but it's not really something that you can easily recreate without mm-hmm. a professional, like especially the moments where things get heated. Yeah. First of all, having someone from our organization try and lead that would be really difficult Mm -hmm. and you just need someone there that knows how to take things down a notch I think more people would benefit from it for sure Mm. students do I think it would be great to do some kind of exercise with them like we do a wellness day maybe we could do beyond diversity day yeah and not to you know not shilling for beyond diversity's uh, programs they do actually have a student program a student thread so to speak Um, and just being in contact with them just kind of seeing what the levels of their their services that's something that they offer too so it's out there but definitely like getting students involved but I, I feel like this is me personally we got to work on our own yeah, stuff first mm-hmm. for sure the leadership piece and then obviously um, you know teachers and counselors and, you know people working in direct uh, contact with students for sure 
just the the discussion with students, I know that um, students are having like peer issues with other students mm. and um, working with my own um, groups after school or whatever, I want to find a way to help them, give them tools to work through peer issues and work with adults in the building and, and um, I would like to support them in using language and um, I think even starting with the four agreements with them in kind of a non-structured way mm -hmm. um, to give them tools to facilitate conversations I guess um, would be helpful that's where I, I would like to see that go um, and yes I would love for all of our staff to be trained and I would love for for this to be you know almost common language just in everyday conversation and say okay did you look at the four agreements we're, mm -hmm. we're having a conversation right now um, but to start with almost like immediate like okay we're, we're going to talk about this right now so that we can have a, a mm -hmm. conversation um, that's kind of where I'm, I'm looking right now mm -hmm. great yeah you know for me um, I go back to this idea of you know it being a belief problem Right, and uh, Tony said he's like, you know, you see systemic racism, but people make the system. Mm -hmm. So you know, it comes back. It really falls on our shoulders as you know the adults and leaders of the building. Um, and when I think about that, you know, I think that we need to get you know more of us engaged in the conversation. And really, I think that our goal needs to be to get to this place where we're not having conversations about equity. But instead, equity is a part of all of our conversations about mm -hmm. teaching, learning, counseling, discipline, you're right, all of those things. Because uh, it is, you know, for our uh, students of color, you know, they're living it every moment that they're here. Mm -hmm. And if we're not countering it and living it every conversation we have, um, you know, we're not, we're not being anti-racist in that moment. And I think that's kind of, kind of the goal for us is to get to that place where every conversation that we have is shaped by equity, whether it's you know, curriculum, discipline, or whatever. So mm -hmm. um, I think the two steps you guys talked about are, are great places to go with that. Uh, yes and, yes and, yes and, totally agree with <laughs> all of that. <clears throat> so um, yeah, really appreciate the, the thoughts. Um, totally agree with you guys and we are working on it. So keep moving forward, but it's very helpful to hear from you guys and, and, and hear your perspectives um thanks for having us yeah, yeah it was, it's fun i'll enjoy you know your lunch and <laughs> you're everyone's been very careful about not crunching and things like that it's okay <laughs> it's really okay so um i will uh stop this recording and let these folks eat their lunch and do the things they need to do so thanks again thanks. ellie thank genesis you. and uh joey thanks <laughs>